Welcome to a, another edition of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today as we continue working our way through the SEC, it's Georgia Bulldogs head coach Joni Taylor. Joni is one of my favorite people uh, in the SEC, so my bias has been made known. I uh, just really enjoy talking to her. her. I enjoy her uh, approach to things, and she's just uh, a really good person. Uh, so we'll talk to her about her team. Georgia three seed last year in the SEC tournament got bounced in the second round of the NCAA tournament, uh, losing uh, at home against Duke. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the build of her program that she has been doing. We'll talk about her background. Uh, her husband is Darius Taylor, who is an assistant with the Atlanta Dream. I want to ask her about that, and I want to ask her about being asked about that all the time. Uh, so we'll we'll kind of go through that together, and we'll certainly talk about her Georgia team coming back. They've graduated one significant player and have a ton of talent coming back. Joni's actually the first person to appear on this podcast twice. So she came back on right before the tournament last year. I'm really excited to have her back on. So we'll get her on the phone here and get right to it. This is The Jump Around. And we are back here on the jump around and joining me is Georgia head coach Joni Taylor. Coach, this is a a little bit off off subject as far as people listening who will actually care, but you hold the distinct uh, title of being the first ever repeat guest on the jump around. So thank you. You you have come. Yes. Yes. You uh, you were on the second episode ever. And now here we are again. So thank you. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to make a T-shirt or something and send it to you. I'll take it. Yeah, well, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule again. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, for people who perhaps don't know you, I want to get into it a little bit. Uh, I feel like you're you're one of the rising stars as far as this coaching thing goes, and so I think most people do know you. But uh, for people who don't, um, if you could just give us a give them a brief synopsis of of how you got to where you're at. Sure, I am from Reading, Mississippi, born and raised. Um, obviously started playing basketball at a young age and realized it was something that could take me really far. I chose to play basketball at the University of Alabama. I was there and lettered from 1998 to 2001. And Blake, really, I was going to be a high school counselor. I did not want to coach. I never thought about coaching. Um, in my fifth year, I was fortunate enough to work in Mark Godfrey's office for Darren Boatwright, who is now um, an athletic director. But I worked in, in, his, in Mark's office and just learned a lot about it and got to see kind of behind the scenes what it was really about, and I was I was stuck. At that point, I know I had to shift, and I was fortunate enough to um, go to Troy after I graduated at Alabama. My position coach at Alabama, Mike Murphy, got the head job at Troy and brought me on, and um, I've been doing it ever since. This is year 17, and uh, fourth year as head coach, and so it has been a tremendous ride and opportunity, and basketball has allowed me to do and see and impact lives in a way that I could not have ever imagined. So it's something that I am grateful for every day. Yeah. I am married. Uh, my husband is Darius Taylor, who uh, is a former assistant women's basketball coach. Is how we met. He worked for Don Staley at Temple in South Carolina, and he is currently an assistant coach with the Atlanta Dream. We have a daughter, JC, who will be two November 3rd, and we're expecting another baby uh, in February. So Woo. another one on the 
exciting exciting year for you guys that's uh yeah. that's good stuff i i have a question i'm gonna get into some of the things you just touched on but let me go back when you you say you know i never thought about coaching i didn't really want to that's been echoed by so many coaches and specifically uh, like i told you we've been doing a series on sec coaches matthew mitchell said the same thing mike neighbor said the same thing all these people were hey i'm gonna be a counselor i'm gonna be a high school principal i'm gonna be a whatever what is it specifically about the coaching business that that drew you in you know what, for me, it's the fact that I have an opportunity to change lives. And basketball is my avenue to do it. It's my door. It's my window that lets me in. So in some ways, it's similar to counseling, which is what I wanted to do to help change lives and affect lives in a positive way. But now I have to do it with the ball in my hands. And so the basketball is what gets us on common ground. And once I have that trust and that relationship, it allows me to talk about a lot of other things and just to help in any way that I can. And so for me... As much as I love the recruiting and the scouting and the film and all the things that come with basketball, like I know my purpose is to reach out, connect, and affect the lives of young women in a positive way. Well, you've certainly done that, and you've you've had a successful run as a head coach. You you work for so many good head coaches, and it's funny because you always hear. And I I did it with Cam Newbauer. I said, "Hey, tell me an Andy Lander story, right? Like it's just <laughs> th- these coaches have these funny stories and these funny you know backgrounds. But for you, I'm going to twist this story or twist the question rather. If I were to ask one of your assistants, okay, if I was asked Chelsea or Robert or Karen, if I'm going to ask them. Tell me something funny about Joni. Tell me a funny quirk she has. Tell me something that would make me laugh about Joni. What do you think they'd say? Oh, my gosh. They'd probably start <laughs> imitating me on the spot. Um, I think each one of them would have something different to say. Um, I think Rob would probably say something along the lines of, um, I've known her for over 20 years. She's the same person every single day. I think... Karen would say she's figured out my body language. I'm very no-nonsense, as most people know, but she can tell by my body language when things are about to go bad, and so she can say that pretty well. Um, and then Chelsea would say she didn't, she didn't know how country I was. I'm from Mississippi, yes. and I can I am as country as they come, and it doesn't always present when I'm on the floor coaching or recruiting. So I think for her, when she came to work with me four years ago, she was shocked at the fact that I know how to cook and that I eat chitlins and that I drink tweets on the porch in a rocking chair and I walk around barefoot. So I think she would tell you um, who I am as a person was shocking to her just because she didn't know me before she came. That is really funny. Is that is that the countryest part of you, the walking around barefoot? Um, probably, no, no, it's not. It's not. It's probably not the countryest thing that I do. I, Darius would tell you the country thing that I do is that when I eat chicken, I eat it all the way to the bone. And he's like, you're supposed to No, you're not. I eat it to the bone. So that will probably be the country's thing that I do. That is fantastic. That's great. Well, that's the way it should be, I feel like. Um, so you bring up Darius again, and this is the question I, I, I not, didn't struggle with, but I thought about. So anyone in the, the basketball world uh, is aware of you and aware of Darius and, and obviously your marriage. And I just wonder, I think it's a natural question for me to say, hey, how was it for you guys to watch Darius and the Dream make a run to the WNBA semifinals? But then I pause and go, well, does that get annoying? Like, does it get annoying me asking you about his team and his success when, I mean, you've got your own really successful career? So I guess that's my question. Does does it get old? Does it does it ever bother you or rub you the wrong way? Um, and I guess I could ask him the same question, but I'm asking it to you. <laughs> no, not at all. It was, it was so exciting. In fact, I was 
disappointed that I didn't get to watch as much as I wanted to um, in terms of being there with us and recruiting and camp and the different responsibilities that we have. But I bought the app and I wasn't there and watched all the games. It was great for me to see him back in the development. I mean, he is such a great coach and does, you know, so many great things on the floor and just with workouts and uh, player development. So for him to be back in his element, I was super excited for him. I was excited for Nikki and Mike and the whole staff and just what they were able to do with that team, considering the year they had last year to make the run they did. It was amazing to watch. I was excited to talk about it. Our Fast Break Club actually went to a game to support him and to awesome. support the dream. So awesome. it's a great partnership. And, I mean, I could talk about it all day long. In fact, it gave me – it was it was great to watch somebody else play and not have to worry about dissecting the film <laughs> and just enjoy it for a while. Good point. Yeah, I totally understand that feeling. Yeah, well, let's um, let's get into your team then a little bit. Uh, you're entering year four. You've gone 61-30, and 28-20. and 20. Uh, in the SEC last year, you guys had a fantastic year. You come in third place, uh, make a nice run um, in the SEC tournament. And, and what I want to ask you is, when you took the program over, obviously Andy Landers did a great job. Uh, you're the second head coach ever at Georgia. Uh, you take over a team who was, you know, good, not great, and, and you've been building since then. So you've been taking little steps forward to getting towards the top. And now you guys clearly are one of the contenders in the SEC to win it. Uh, but you guys were one in eight against South Carolina and Mississippi State since you've taken over. And, you know, those are the two, right? Those are the two teams at the top right now and have been for the last few years. So what is it going to take for you guys to make that step? You've you've made it to the very tip top and there's two teams in front of you that kind of have a hold on it. What's it going to take to jump over them? Just details. You know, I think if you ask anyone on our team and within our program, they've heard us say, all year long, there's a, there's a gap between us and those top teams, whether it's, you know, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Texas, Duke in the tournament. There's a gap, and for us, it's the details to close that gap, you know, and then that comes from a talent standpoint, but it also comes from what we do in the off season to be mentally tougher, um, physically tougher. Um, so when we compete against those teams who have been there and they've done it and they know they're supposed to be there, we can perform in a way that allows us to – compete with them and, and win those games. And so that's been our message all summer long is believe in more and not just believing in more in terms of what we can do, but you've got to believe in what it takes to have more. And that's the little things, that's nutrition, and that's um, strength and conditioning, that's getting up shots in the gym, that's academically, because it all, in our program, it all connects. And so if one area isn't right, you're not going to be right in any other area as well. So it's just been that message of showing the film on it, making them understand, guys, we're not far away. You know, South no. Carolina at home, we're right there for three quarters, yeah. and then we let a couple of bad possessions happen, and the game's out of reach. But that's what great teams do. They take advantage of those opportunities, and they put the nail on the coffin, and we've got to get to that point where we're one of those teams that can do that, but also we can bounce back when we have a, when we stumble and we make a few mistakes and not tank it. Yeah. Well, one of the things I felt last year, and feel free to disagree with me if you, if you do, but... Um, I feel, you know, defensively, you guys are phenomenal, but it, it's just your offense at times seemed to betray you. Uh, you've got the vast majority of your team back. You, you graduate McKenzie Ingram. But other than that, everyone's back. And so I wonder, one, how has the offense been looking early on uh, in this, you know, beginning practices? And, and two, uh, yeah, what do you what do you need to do uh, in order to score more points if you do think that's an issue? It definitely is. I mean, there's, there's no secret that when we've lost games, our offense has, has failed us at times. And um, we've got to shoot the ball better, number one. We've got to have a better post presence. You know, Mac and Kalai are great. Mac is gone, and Kalai is great as well. But there's no secret that they both play away from the basket than they do 
more post-play. So, you know, Jenna Stady's able to play this year. Mallory Bates is able to play this year. And so hopefully that gives us a back-to-the-basket presence that allows us to be more physical, get to the free throw line, and score easier points. There were times where I felt like our points were just hard to come by because everything was away from the basket. So we've got to be better about getting to the rim, getting fouled, and getting to the free throw line, and then just knocking down open shots when, when we have those opportunities. When um, when you build out your schedule the way that you have, I mean, you guys go cross-country uh, to UCLA at the beginning of the year, come back, Georgia Tech. You've got Maryland on a neutral floor. you got Villanova uh, on the road. Uh, you know, I've asked this of a few coaches. What's what's the mentality of, of traveling so much and playing such good teams once, you, once you're out there? Well, you know, when we got together as a staff, our conversation was year four, year five, our schedule should look different than year one, two, and three, and that's based on what we've done in terms of culture and our program and the talent that hopefully we've been able to recruit and sign. And so if we do what we're supposed to do from a recruiting standpoint and then from a developing talent standpoint, which is honestly one of the things that we feel like we do best as a staff is um, continue to develop our players once they get here, then we should be able to have a tougher schedule and a schedule that plays on the road. Um, obviously, you know, we go on the road this year, and those teams will come back to us next year, so it's going to give our fans an opportunity as well to see high-level basketball. Um, obviously, when they get into conference play, they say that every game, but in our non-conference schedule, it was really important for us to make sure that we challenged ourselves and tested ourselves early um, and did that on the road as well as home. Yeah. With this team, um, like I said, you bring everyone back. You guys... You beat Mercer in the tournament last year at home in a really tough fought game, a team that you played earlier in the year. And, and then you you lose to Duke, and it's just every year since you've taken over, like I said, you guys just kind of inch forward, get a little bit better, a little bit better. Uh, for you guys to have hosted last year, first off, uh, what was that like, making the tournament and actually getting to stay at home? And, and then as far as that Duke loss goes, uh, how, how did the team handle it? I know it's you know never good losing, but just I just wonder what, what it's like after having such a successful year. And then um, I know you wanted to get out of the, the first weekend, so just kind of talk me through that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so to, to host at home was amazing. Um, it's, it had been since 2003 since we hosted at home. Part of that was obviously the change in venue and, and us being able to be back at home again the first you know first two rounds. But um, it was exciting for our fans, and I don't you know I think for our players it was really important for them to be able to be at home and to have that opportunity. So um, we were thrilled that we had done our work and been put ourselves in a position to, to host at home and be considered. Um, and then it was about taking care of business, and obviously with Mercer we did that. They were a really, really good team last year. It lost three games, and two of those games were to us. So, I mean, come out a team that was really good. And then you look at Duke, and I think that we just felt we were disappointed in ourselves. You know, it was an opportunity for us to um, have people watch us play who had never seen us play before. People came into the Coliseum who had never been into Stegman before to watch us, and that was the performance that we gave, and it wasn't good, and it did not feel good. And so that's what has stuck with us all summer long is that feeling. Um, and we had open shots and just did not make them. And that's something that we've got to be accountable for and hold ourselves accountable to. And so um, it has not been a good feeling for us. We're proud of what we did. Um, but that was just the first step in building what we in terms of where we want to go. When you took over this team, is um... – is the track that you've been on, is is this where you expected to be, I guess? You know, going into year four, did you expect to be this good? Did you expect to be this far along uh, in your, your 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 building and molding of the program? Yes. Yes. 
it's not anything that we talk about outwardly, but if you ask anyone with our, within our program, it's the message we have as a staff. It's the message that we have in the recruiting process with our prospects, and it's the message that is reiterated from everybody who touches our players once they get on campus. Um, it's not a brag. It's not an arrogance. It's mm. just a confidence, and it is, it's the expectation. It's the standard, and what we tell our ladies here is we are not asking you to do anything that has not been done in Georgia basketball. We've been at 33 tournaments, uh, 20 Sweet 16s, 11 Elite Eights, five Final Fours, two National Championship games. So we're not asking you to do anything that has not been done from former players who've walked these halls. That is the expectation. That is the standard. And I'm letting Coach Landers and every former player down who ever wore the uniform if I think anything less. Yeah. Well, you guys have, have done a pretty phenomenal job. And like I said, I, I think you've got a chance to – to maybe win it all this time. I mean, you guys are good enough to make that run. Uh, is that ever something? Are you guys, are, are you like a goal coach? Do you guys set those type of goals? Hey, we want to win the SEC. Hey, we want to, and of course, everyone wants to, but do you guys outwardly talk about that with each other? Yes, we do. We do. We talk about it with each other as a staff. We talk about it as a team. Um, we present them with goals and then give them the opportunity to add to change, amend based on how they're feeling and what they see. And, you know, I'll tell you, we've got to stay healthy. and We've got to continue to grow and not get complacent. And then our leadership has got to show up. You talk about those seniors and Matt, but Haley Clark and Simone Costa, the three there together were excellent in terms of leadership on and off the floor. And they really handled a lot of things that we didn't have to worry about as a coaching staff. And so I think we've got ladies on our team who want to lead, but they've never had to do it in three years. And so that's something that has to be learned. And we're working through that now. So this team is going to go as far as our leadership takes us and as healthy as we are. Yeah. Well, will you tell a little bit to the listeners about some of these newcomers, uh, especially? Because if anyone watched you again, everyone's coming back since it's Ingram. But uh, you mentioned Jenna earlier, who will help a lot and transferred over from Maryland. But then you have uh, three other freshmen who have come in, if you could tell us a little bit about them. Right. So I'll start with Caitlin Ho. She was our first commit. Um, Caitlin is from Hazel Green, Alabama, has won uh, multiple state championships, played for um, Southern Stars AAU program. She is she comes in and will probably be pegged as a shooter, but she's someone who's um, can can get to the rim and can score and handle the basketball, combo guard that's just got confidence and good pace and has played at a high-level program um, in high school and in AAU, so it's got that kind of edge on her shoulder. Um, but just provides some scoring for us from the, out, that stretches the defense, hopefully, in a lot of ways. Um, and then you've got Taylor Hubbard, who, again, uh, went to Holy Innocence in Georgia. She's a Georgia girl, um, won a state championship there, played for Team Elite, where they won two um, Nike Nationals. So, again, a kid who knows how to win, who just is blue-collar, works really hard, and is deceiving. I mean, she she's a bigger Kobe Barbie, if you remember Shakovia Barbie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the kid just really strong. It's going to either get to the free throw line and get an and one or get fouled every possession. But it's just tough and brings a toughness to our team and to the BART position. And then you've got Donetta Johnson, who is from Queens in New York. Um, one-on-one will probably beat anyone on our team. Hmm. You know, her challenge is her motor. She's someone who um, was really, really good young and then tore ACL. And a lot of people forgot about her, and we stayed on her and just watched her and tracked her development to make sure she was back from that injury. And so it's fun to watch. I mean, can score any way you want it, Blake, but she's got to learn how to play at a high level on both ends of the floor in order for us to help us the way that we can. Yeah, you see that oftentimes, especially with, with people who are so good so early on is trying to find that, that consistency. Um, I want to ask you a recruiting question. You've got 
if I if I count it correctly, you have five kids on your team from Georgia. Um, it's a a hotbed of women's basketball. There's good players coming out of Georgia every year, and I wonder how important it is for you guys to lock up that top talent in Georgia. And I wonder how difficult it is because it is in the middle of South Carolina. It's in the middle of Florida. There's so many great programs surrounding your state. So uh, the importance of getting those kids and how difficult it has been getting those kids. It is so important. It's one of the things I actually talked about in my press conference when I got the job about keeping top talent at home is, um, something that we spend a lot of time focusing on and reaching out to coaches in the state and AAU coaches making sure that we get those top players and we're in communication with them to know who those up-and-coming players are so that we can develop a relationship relationship with them early and see them. And then in terms of keeping them, you nailed it. I mean, you've got South Carolina, you've got Florida, you've got North Carolina, you've got – and anybody can fly into Atlanta. It's yeah. such an easy flight. Yeah. So – um, and not to mention over half of the AAU tournaments in the summer are held in <laughs> that Atlanta. That is very true. A lot of teams that don't travel, you know, you still see them when you come to Atlanta because they're right here. Yeah. So you can really stay in Atlanta and not go anywhere else or stay in the state of Georgia. And if you get those top kids, you'll be fine. So for us, it's a fine line. We also want to make sure that we are recruiting nationally because there's a lot of kids who – want to be at Georgia who don't live in Georgia. And so we're going to go after the kids who want to be here first and foremost. But a lot of that is making sure that the top talent in the state feels that way so that they can stay home. The message is they don't have to go anywhere else to achieve their dreams um, academically or on the floor. Yeah. Uh, For people who haven't been, just a little plug of Athens, Georgia, because it is awesome. I mean, it is. It is great. Athens, um, I've been here for eight years now, and it has been my favorite place to live. I wouldn't say that if it weren't true. I think people who know me know that. Um, It is the ultimate college town. You have a community that is invested in the university, not just the athletics program, but in the university as a whole. The food is absolutely amazing. Yes, Um, confirmed. And... You just have a good feel when you're here. It, you just you're well taken care of by everyone who touches you, and um, it's a great place to visit if you've never been. Yeah, top top three SEC uh, town for me. I will not say in what order because I don't need anybody uh, <laughs> revolting against me. Uh, last thing, I'll get you out of here. I always want to uh, present coaches an opportunity to say what they want to say. So. Uh, for people who, you know, maybe they haven't watched you that much, maybe they saw the Duke game and go, eh, they're not for real. You know, what would you want people that don't know about your program to know about your program? What would you want to say about it? And you know that we have wonderful ladies. We pride ourselves on recruiting talent, but recruiting who you are as a person first, it's got to be the right fit. And that's why we play so well on the floor. If you do, if you have watched us play, the chemistry you see is real. Those ladies play hard. They play hard for us. They play hard for each other. And it's because of what's going on here, and it's really special. So I would say if you tuned in and you haven't watched this play, you're going to see ladies who get up and down the floor. We play fast-paced, who get after it on both ends of the floor, and who love each other. And a lot of the things that we um, haven't done in terms of catching up with those top teams, we make up for because of how hard we play and how hard we play for each other. You guys are locked and ready to go. I'm looking forward to watching you guys play again. You know what I think about you and your program, and um, I appreciate, again, the time and wish you guys a lot of luck this year, Coach. Always great talking to you, Blake. I appreciate the opportunity. Big thanks again to Joni Taylor, the head coach at Georgia, for joining me for the second time. 
that's uh, that takes something. First time you don't know what you get into. So for coming back, I certainly appreciate that and look forward to watching her Georgia Bulldog team play this year. I appreciate you listening, as always, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you happen to listen on iTunes and felt so led to leave a review and a rating, uh, presuming they're good. If they're bad, then just don't. Just don't leave a rating or a review. Just, just, you know, just stop listening. But if you actually like it and wanted to leave a good rating and a review, that would be, well, that would be swell. I appreciate you guys, though, as always. Uh, we'll continue to try to finish wrapping up the SEC. We've got just a few more coaches we haven't got on yet. And then uh, I'll tease this a little bit. I'm going to make a, a very concentrated effort to knock out another BCS conference between, or before the season starts, rather. So uh, try to wrap up the SEC and then get another conference in. I will not tell you which one, but I am uh, honing in and, and very hopeful that we will get that done. So until the next time, this is The Jump Around.